Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Welcome, everyone. It is Saturday, February the 5th, 2022. It is currently 1.34 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the empty sanctuary of Victory Baptist Church, located right here in Ovalo, Texas. Now, I want you to imagine something with me, okay? I want you to use your imagination. I want you to imagine you're in the state of Tennessee, all right? For some reason, you're taking a road trip. You're in Tennessee, and you're like, you know what? Um, I'm going to be here uh, on, on, on the day that I should typically go to church. And, and you know what? I, I need to find a church. And let's say you walk into a church and you're in the state of Tennessee. And as you're in that church service, you're like, okay, well, the people were friendly. Okay. Maybe you like the music. I mean, and then, and then the sermon begins and you're sitting there, you've got your Bible open, you've got your notebook. You're like, okay, all right. Because you know, you're, you're visiting, you're from out of state, but you know, this is the church you could find in Tennessee. So you, there you are in Tennessee, you're listening to a sermon and you hear this. We hate you. Stand in line. The devil does too. But this Wednesday, everybody say this Wednesday. We're going to have a burning service. Oh, yes, you heard me well. We're going to send that mess back to hell where it belongs. We're going to have us a burning service. I mean a burning service. Now, if you're ashamed of some stuff, you can bring in a trash bag. We won't open it. But somehow or another, we're going to break free from the service, and we're going to go out in the parking lot. Now, I don't know exactly where it's going to be. Chance, that's on you. Build me a fire, son. No, don't build it in here. It's been too long to get back. But we're going to build us a big old fire pit. And we're going to burn some stuff up in this house. We're going to get rid of some unholy covenants and alliances and some word curses and some witchcraft that's been spoken over. We're going to get rid of We're going to free some homes. We're going to free some marriages. We're going to burn some stuff. If you can't be here, then you watch the live stream and we'll just all light it up together. We're just going to get rid of some stuff. So you're sitting in that church and you find out that that coming Wednesday, they're going to have a burning service. They're going to burn some stuff. They're going to light some stuff up. They're going to burn some stuff. And if you, well, if you were to keep listening and if you were to keep, I mean, right there, you may start looking around going, wait a minute, wait a minute. So on Wednesday night, you're going to have a burning service. What are you going to burn? And you find out that what you're going to burn is books. You're sitting in a church and they're telling you that on Wednesday night, they're going to have a burning service and they're going to live stream it where they can burn some books and that you are invited that if you can't be there, because maybe you're going to be leaving Tennessee and you're going to go back to wherever state you're from and you're going to be back at your home that Wednesday, you can turn into the tune into the live stream and you could burn some stuff with them. You could burn some books with them. How would you react? How would you react to that? You're sitting in a church service and the pastor like, we're going to have a burning service and we're going to burn some books. Would you get nervous? Would you be like, whoa, wait, wait, we're going to burn books? Or would you immediately go, oh, well, that's scriptural. And then use a scripture that was used in the sermon that you just heard a clip from. Would you, would you immediately say that? That's, that's okay. That, that's, that's a biblical thing to do. How would you react? What's your initial reaction when you hear a preacher say, we're going to burn some stuff? Now, if you don't know what you're hearing, if you don't know what is going on, let me tell you, because it's in the news. What's what's funny about all of this is the first person to contact me in regards to this story doesn't even live in the United States of America. They live in Australia and they're basically like, what? Hey, did you see this? Like, you know, what's wrong? You know, what's wrong with you Americans? They didn't say those exact words, but it, but I felt like, wait, so someone outside of the United States is like, so I get here in America when y- y'all go to church to burn books, like what, what is going on? Uh, and and I, I initially saw it and like, oh, that's just crazy. But then I keep I keep seeing the news story pop up 
and, and, and place after place after place. I'm like, okay, we're going to have to talk about it. Yesterday, we were talking about books that could possibly influence Christianity in 2022. And I guess today we're going to talk about, well, a church that calls for burning books. And obviously, they use a passage in the book of Acts as justification for the practice. We're going to look at the news story. We're going to look at the passage of Scripture. We're going to ask some hard questions, and we're going to see how, what, where we should side in all of this. Now, I, at some point, we may have to review the entire sermon because he makes some absolutely big claims that I, I'm just going to be honest with you. If you're, if you're just the average Christian, maybe you've never studied theology, maybe you've never studied the Bible that much, and you go to a church where you're basically being told, hey, guess what? You know what's wrong with your marriage? You know what's wrong with your family? You know why you're not growing spiritually? You know why you're having all of these problems? It's because of demonic possession. And you know how you got that demonic possession? Because of what you watch, because of what you read, because of what you listen to. And you got to get rid of that. And if you get rid of that, boom, your marriage will be better. Your kids will be better. Everything will be better. Well, you can, if you're going through a difficult time in your life, you could be very tempted to go, well, what books do I need to bring? I'll burn everything. I'll burn my TV because I want to save my marriage. I want to I want to save my children. It, it, hearing that kind of almost emotional manipulation somewhat concerns me. Some will say it's not emotional manipulation. It's true. We, we could get into a discussion there. There's a lot here in this sermon that we, we could take apart because it could definitely, I could see how a lot of people would be like, I, you know, I need help. And they, he, the help he's offering you is basically burning books. But we'll look into all of this as we kind of first set, set up the story and tell you everything that's going on. Here's what we know. Uh, first, I'm going to go to Newsweek. I'm going to go to Newsweek. I got to turn the volume down here because it's going to start playing this news article. Okay, here we go. Uh, this was po- uh, posted on February the 3rd, 2022 at 9.21 a.m. Right-wing pastor Greg Locke holds witchcraft book burning. All right. Now, my first question when I read the hell, oh, okay. So here are, are, are books that, that basically are used in the practice of witchcraft and they're going to burn those books. So then my first question, so how many people in your church have witchcraft manuals that they're like, do you have a lot of people in your church? You're like, yep. Uh, maybe, maybe it's all people who used to be witches and they still have their witchcraft, you know, books and telling them how to practice witchcraft. Is that what kind of books are being burned? Well, you probably can tell it's not going to be that, but we'll, we'll, let's continue. All right. Here's the story. There's a video of Greg Locke running all over the place, preaching some of the sermon that you just heard. All right. A Tennessee pastor, see, Tennessee, held a witchcraft book burning where followers were encouraged to bring Harry Potter and Twilight books to hurl into the flames. Okay, so let's let's at least establish this is not witchcraft manuals. These are not books used in the practice of witchcraft. These are not books telling you how to become a witch or practice witch. These are fiction novels, Harry Potter and Twilight, and those are books that are being burned. All right, let's read a little bit here. A Global Vision Bible Church pastor Greg Locke and his followers carried out the burning in Mount Juliet near Nashville on Wednesday night where items they associated with witchcraft were thrown into the fire. In a ranty sermon, Locke took aim at what he deemed were messianic and occult influences in society. Whipping up his congregation, Locke said, your witchcraft has to flee in the name of Jesus. And I'm I'm sorry, I'm not trying to make fun of it, but that's kind of the way it, it was stated. He later said, we have a constitutional right and a biblical right to do what we're going to do tonight. We have a burn permit. But even without one, a church has a religious right to burn occultic materials they deem are a threat to their religious rights and freedoms and belief system. In a video shared on Locke's Facebook page late on Wednesday, people could be seen throwing items into the fire outside the church. Earlier this week, Locke encouraged his congregants to bring books, movies, and items that he considered to be connected to witchcraft. In a Monday Facebook post, Locke said, bring all your Harry Potter stuff, laugh all, all, laugh all you will haters, I don't care, it's witchcraft 100%. 
all your Twilight books and movies. That mess is full of spells, demonism, shape-shifting and occultism. Bring tarot cards, Ouija boards, healing crystals, idol statues, spell books, and everything else tied to the occult. It's got to go. If you think we're crazy, then scroll on. We're exposing the kingdom of darkness for what it is. It's time for people to be delivered. The book burning comes after a... uh, a Tennessee school board moved to ban Art Spillman's Pulitzer Prize-winning graphic novel, Mouse, which depicts Polish Jews' experience after they survived the Holocaust. On January the 10th, on January 10, uh, the McMinn County School Board voted unanimously to ban Mouse from its school over the book's inclusion of words like GD, right, taking God's name and then... Uh, the D, then, okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna use any of the explicit language, but using GD as well as uh, nude pictures. Locke has regularly courted controversy over his sermons, including over his stance on the COVID-19 vaccine. The Tennessee pastor previously Tennessee pastor previously branded the pandemic as fake and discouraged his supporters from getting inoculated against the virus. Locke's stance on vaccines led him to criticize Donald Trump, of whom he has been a supporter, after the former president encouraged people to get the jab. He previously said the former president would lose support over his endorsement of the vaccine. And there you have it. All right. So, um, So we got to burn books. We got to burn books. We got to burn books associated with witchcraft. Just it just makes me think. And there's a comment here underneath the story that makes I I, I just as soon as I think of burning books associated with witchcraft, I, as someone who's visited Salem and gone to the Salem uh, Witch Museum um, and uh, everything about the Salem witch trials and just witch trials that occurred in places and uh, and 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 Europe and here in the United States, um, it it does. This quote then becomes somewhat powerful. Uh, uh, why, why were we taught to fear witches rather than the ones who burned them? All right. So you, you, can, you can make whatever you want of that, but it is, again, that's how the world's going to see this. So wait a minute. So Christians in the past burned witches or, now I'm not saying in Salem that, well, in, in Salem, different, different punishments occurred, but in some places, witches, people accused of witchcraft was, were burned. Um, we can go, I, I want to make sure I'm not, I, I don't confuse anything historical. Different places, different punishments, different times. But there were witches that were, pe- women are accused of being witches who were burned um, by those who professed Christianity. Uh, that did occur in history and there's no way to get around that. Um, and it's just interesting that it's like, okay, well, okay, yeah, that's, that's some, some, now some may even defend it and say that it, it should have happened, which is somewhat frightening, but some may say, well, we regret that, but we, we're, we still going to, to, to approach it from this direction. It raises lots of questions, but there, there's one news article. Let, let me just read a couple of more here, uh, a couple more. There's a lot more I could say there, but let's just go to a, a couple of more news articles. Here's another one. Tennessee pastor leads burning of Harry Potter and Twilight novels. A controversial Tennessee pastor led a book burning on Wednesday night to fight demonic influences with a crowd uh, incinerating copies of books, including Harry Potter and Twilight. The burning, which was live streamed on Facebook, followed last month's decision by a Tennessee school district to ban the Holocaust-based graphic novel, Mouse. We are all aware that we are... uh, we are all aware what we are stepping into. Bring it all. Stop following demonic influences into your home. Stop allowing demonic influences into your home. Pastor and pro-Trump conspiracy theorist Greg Locke wrote in a Facebook post that has since been removed. Um, that's interesting. I wonder why he removed it. Okay, we, uh, we will be, maybe because of all of the controversy that has erupted over this, I don't know. We will, be, uh, we will be in our continued services on deliverance from demons. We have stuff coming from all over that we'll be, we will be burning. We're not playing games. Witchcraft and accursed things must go, wrote Locke. Locke's even uh, event in the Nashville suburb of Mount Juliet drew large crowds as participants threw in copies of Harry Potter, Twilight series, among other books. Prior to the burning, Locke said in a sermon that it, that he was fighting the Freemason devils and that I ain't going to be I ain't going to be, gonna be suiciding myself no time soon. Okay, I ain't gonna be I ain't I ain't gonna be suiciding myself no time. What's suicide? Okay, 
I, I think what he means meant to say is I'm not going to be killing myself anytime soon, but that's okay. Right? I ain't going to be suiciding myself no time soon. That's, that's a direct quote, so I'm not trying to make fun of it. That's literally how it's written. Um, I ain't I ain't messing with witches no more. I ain't me- I ain't messing with witchcraft. I ain't messing messing with demons. I'll call all of them out in the name of Jesus Christ," said Locke, as a crowd of attendees cheered and applauded in response. According to Tyler Salinas, a photographer who was present at the bonfire, there was one counter protester who held up copies of Fahrenheit four fifty one and on the origin of species and threw a book in the fire that he said was the Bible. The American Library Association said that it has recently been seen an unprecedented rise in book ban request. It counted 320 books that were challenged as objectionable in the fall of 2021 compared to 156 in 2020. In my 20 years, I can't recall a time when we had multiple challenges coming in on a daily basis basis. Yeah, everybody wants to ban books, ban books, burn books, ban books, burn books. We got to get rid of them. Okay. Don't read them, burn them. Okay. That's and ban them. We don't want books in our library. We've already talked about that in a previous episode. All right. So how should we think about this? What should we do? Well, we obviously have to do, we obviously have to address the scriptural basis that's typically claimed for burning books. All right. We're going to look at this scripture try to understand what the what was going on in the historical context and then we've got to ask ourselves is this simply descriptive or is it prescriptive telling you that what you must do now we are going to find let, let me make this very clear <laughs> okay yes yeah, yeah, y'all got some issues going on in Tennessee. All right we have a listener from Tennessee who I, I bet you I I, 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 I could be wrong. But I'm assuming this is a much bigger story in Tennessee than it is nationally. I, I hadn't heard much about. Again, I was I was told about the story from someone in Australia because, uh, uh, yeah, it is a. I think it is a very bad look for for Tennessee. I think so. But but to be fair, to be fair, this is not this. At whenever when everyone hears about these book burnings and these kinds of things, I think everyone has different. Images in their mind, you can think back to Nazi Germany burning things. For me, it just sends me right back to the 1980s where you would have, and here in West Texas, you would have these churches who would hold a one-night conference on the evils of rock and roll and how if you listen to ACDC, demons will come into your house and, and destroy you and all of the and Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath and, and we can go on and on and on and on and on. And then after the conference, then uh, uh, then that the, everybody would go back behind the church or somewhere, and everybody would burn their records and their albums, and their CDs and their cassettes. And uh, it was it was always horrifying to watch from my perspective. In many cases, it was kids uh, their 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 albums were being burned not because they chose to, but because their parents well took them from them and burned them. We could get into a whole discussion about this. So that's what it reminds me of. It, that, that's, it, just, it just makes me just like, whoa, boy, here we go. But again, uh, in, in the 1980s when people were burning music, uh, whenever Christians are involved in the burning, we'll put it this way. Whenever Christians are involved in the burning, they always go to the book of Acts. That's where they go. So that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at Acts chapter 19 because this is the story where everything takes place and everyone gets all caught up into what occurs here, all right? So uh, Acts chapter 19, let me find exactly where I should have written down the reference. Uh, Acts chapter 19, okay, here we go, all right? If we'll get, well, we'll just jump right to where everything takes place. Acts chapter 19, we'll go to verse uh, 17, Acts chapter 19, verse 17. There's a, there's a story that kind of leads to all of this, but we'll just get right to where the burning takes place because we're going to have a burning service, right? So everybody sees that Acts 19 basically gives the church then direction, instruction uh, that this is what we are to do. All right, here we go. Acts chapter 19, verse 17. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus and fear fell on them all and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together 
and burned them before all men, and they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. So let's just look at the, the, the immediate context here so that we see what's going on here. All right. So you had many, you have many who come to faith in Christ. They believe, they confess, and they show their deeds. All right. So you have basically conversion happening. People are being saved. People are being saved. Praise God. Awesome. People are converted. They are, they are saved. And clearly they have been saved from a previous life where they used, as the, the uh, King James says, uh, curious arts, and they brought their books together. This seeming, seemingly to be books that were, in view, that were used in the practice of curious arts, of witchcraft, some kind of occultic practices. Let's, let's look this up in a number of other translations so that maybe you'll get a, a clear idea of what's going on here, okay? Because we want to be as accurate as we can. This is Acts uh, chapter 19. That occurs in verse 19. So Acts 19, 19. Acts 19, 19. And here we go. All right. Here's how this is translated. Acts 19, 19. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. So you had people who practiced sorcery. They were actually practicing sorcery and they had their scrolls used in the practice of sorcery. Let's make sure we understand exactly what's going on here because everyone just takes the concept, oh, they burned books. Grab a book and let's burn it. Okay, let's at least take a second and try to understand exactly what was going on. Here's someone who practiced sorcery. Here's the scrolls, the books they used in the practice of said sorcery. They become a Christian. They decide to burn the books that represent the religious activity of their past. So let's at least put it in some form of, of context here. New Living Translation. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them. So these are books that literally contained spells and when in their practice of sorcery. Literally, that, that's what's in them. ESV, and a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all, and they counted the value of them and found it, found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. All right. So in other words, there was a great cost here. There's a great cost. There was a lot of books, and they were burned. Now, let's just take a step back and ask some very important questions. Number one, is this passage instructing that this is what all the churches should do and this is what everyone should do? Or is it simply describing what occurred? I don't see anything here that is putting this forth as this is what everyone must do. This is simply describing what occurred. So th that's number one. I, don't, I can't necessarily say this is a prescriptive thing prescribing what everyone should do, but it is describing what some did. I think that that is a fair estimation of the passage, and I think we have to at least look at it. We have to at least start there. there. Put it this way. There's a high probability that this is simply descriptive and not prescriptive. I think that's very fair. I don't think there's anything here that says this is what you must do. This is what they chose to do. So that's number one. Number two, the things that were burned here were used in the practice of sorcery. This wasn't music. This wasn't movies. This wasn't fiction. This wasn't works of, of uh, uh, stories involving a witch. This, no, this had nothing to do with any of that. This is books used in the very practice of sorcery. Now, if, if Greg Locke or any other pastor said, okay, guys, if you was converted from a, a, a sorcery and the occult, you were, you were converted from some kind of occult-type practice, and you need to burn those books to break away from that. That's one thing to say, hey, parents, go grab your kid's copy of Harry Potter and burn it. 
Okay, go grab your, do- your teenage daughter's copy of Twilight and burn it. Now, maybe, maybe he wasn't telling the parents to do so, but he seemed pretty clear in the sermon because I've listened to a good portion of the sermon that, that, hey, if this stuff is in your house and apparently you allowed it, you better get rid of it. So clearly it, it, he's telling the parents to get rid of it. So that means the, the, the child is not even able to make, th- they have no say-so in the situation. So it's not because the child was converted or the child was convinced that it was sinful. Mom and dad in some cases are just gonna go to their room, rip it out of their room and throw it in a trash can. All right, so that doesn't really fit anything here. It's not the same kind of books. It's not the same kind of situation and we have a passage that clearly may only be descriptive and not prescriptive. All of that has to be considered, but trust me, Pastor Greg Locke in his sermon wasn't really worried about a very in-depth way of looking at this and considering all of the possible ramifications. No, 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 no. We're going to have a burning. We're going to have a burning stuff. We're going to burn some stuff because in his mind, if you burn the stuff, Boom, then you're free from demonic oppression, demonic any influence, and now you're set free, and now you can have a good marriage and your kids. And he even went on to say, I guess if you burn these books, your kids will now submit to you. If your kids aren't submissive, burn a Harry Potter book and they will just fall into submission. It was absolutely just crazy, some of the things said in the sermon. But so let's go through those again. Number one, we have to at least consider this is... uh, descriptive and not prescriptive. I think that's at least fair. Even if you say it's, even if you say it's prescriptive, well, it's people who were converted. So it's individuals making an individual choice to destroy books that they used in practicing a false religion. All right. That, that's very, that's, that's very clear. So it's people making their own choice. They were burning a specific kind of book. This has nothing to do with movies, fiction, or anything like that. That, that is completely, we, we, we have to at least leave it to where it is, right? We, we got to be very careful. Now, what application could we draw from it in your life and my life? Well, here's the application I would say. If you are someone who practiced the occult and you become a Christian and you feel that you need to burn those things in order to break free from that life or to show that you've moved away from that life, then that's a personal choice that you can make. And I'm not going to condemn that in any way, shape, or form because that's something you've got to do. If you feel that, you, that, that that's the only way you can move forward is you've got to burn those things. Now, it, it, in some cases, you don't have to make a public spectacle of it. You can just throw them away. Now, you may not want to throw them away because you're afraid someone else may come ac- across them. Okay, you decide to destroy them. All right, do you need to make it a public spectacle? Does it need to be like, you know, hey, last night we got together for the Lord's Supper, tomorrow night a baptism, and the next night we're going to burn some things. It's not like a, it's not an ordinance of the church, <laughs> okay? It's not, book burning is not an ordinance of the Christian church. It's, if, if you're, if you're into a sacramental system, it's not a sacrament of the church. It's, it's not. It would be an individual making a decision in order to get rid of something that they use. That would be the application. That would be the application if you needed to do that and if you felt you need so if you felt the need to do that then okay. Uh Oh good. Good point. Someone just said in the in the live chat. Someone just said it's almost like Jesus telling us to cut off our hand or pluck out our eye if it, if it causes us to sin. I think that's a good I think that's a good analogy. And I, and, and, and well, I'm glad that my listeners are smarter than I am because I should have thought of that one. That is a very good analogy um, because it's, it's true. If it causes you to sin, if it causes you to stumble, get rid of it. it and it doesn't have to be a book on witchcraft. It could be anything. Now, I, I think it, now, so I'll, I'll, I'll take a, a step further in application. So the, the first application would simply be if you've practiced a false religion and you need to get rid of it, then get rid of it. If we advance the application, as someone just su- suggested in the live chat, which I'm glad they did, that anything that causes you to stumble, if you need to get rid of it, then get rid of it. But let me tell you, it doesn't have to be Harry Potter. It doesn't have to be um, Twilight. It could be anything. If anything causes you a problem, if you, whatever it is, if you need to get rid of it, then you get rid of it. But that's something you do. It's not something that you force upon someone else. It's not something that you have to 
put some pressure on everyone. And basically his way of saying, if you don't get rid of these things, you're in the bondage of Satan. And he even screams in a sermon, you better stand up so I know what side you're on. And it's like, what in the world? Is this like, is this church or is this some like, you know, you will do what I tell you. And it's like, there's such peer pressure being put on people that if you didn't stand up in agreement, then you were showing that you disagreed with him. And I guess that would be a horrible thing to do. I would have just sat down and I'm not standing up for any, like just the, that, this, that, that kind of manipulation bothers me. But yes, as every, every Christian in their life has to look at what things causes them to stumble, right? Now, what Christians have a tendency to do, if it causes me to stumble, well, then how obviously it has to be causing you to stumble. So you better get rid of it. It's, it's, it's amazing how it goes from it causes me to stumble to now I'm going to make that a rule on everyone else. And that's where I have a major, major problem here. I have a major problem with that concept. We, we, we can't, we can't handle it that way. So here's what I, here, so I think there's the basic application. If it causes you to stumble, get rid of it. If you're from a false religion and you and you convert, then you may want to get rid of it. Uh, look, I, I I I don't I don't get this mindset of burning things. I just don't. It just I just don't get it. But let, let's let's ask another question here. I think this is important. When I open my Bible. And I'm transported back to, you know, er, the early part, well, probably what, maybe 40, 50, 60, 80. I'd have to try to figure out the timeline here. But, you know, early on in, in the history of Christianity, you're, you're way back in the early parts of the AD time period. Um, burning things like this probably held a certain, it was probably viewed a certain way in that culture. My question is, you're making it a public spectacle. You're live streaming it on Facebook. What, I, I, oh, I hate to say this. Is it really about freeing people from demonic possession, supposedly, or demonic oppression? Or is it about making a spectacle of yourself? I just don't see, like, why does it have to be some, like, we're going to burn some books and we're going to tell everybody about it. We're going to live stream it. Like, uh, why wouldn't you preach it this way? Hey, if you've got some things in your life that's causing you some problems, well, talk to me and maybe we can, maybe we'll do something that will help you feel that you've broken free from it. And then if you need to have a small thing in private where you burn it, like, do you need to make it a public spectacle? Now, some people say yes, because we're showing the world that we stand against witchcraft. I'm going to argue that all you're really showing the world is that you're burning books and they're probably going to look at you like you're crazy and they're not going to glorify God and they're not going to see supposedly your good works. They're just going to see that you are, they may see you as dangerous. They may see you as dangerous. And, and I, and again, burning books, I just, I, here's, maybe you, I, I know, I know that not everyone's going to agree with what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Christians love to go after external things and not internal realities. We love to always say, look, that causes people to sin. That causes people to sin. That causes that, 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 that. And I understand that there can be external things that can cause us to stumble. I'm not denying that. But most of our issues are not because of external things, because they're due to an internal reality. Our own lust, our own desire, our own flesh, our own lack of spirituality, our lack of apathy, ungodliness. It's always inside of us. We always want to we want to burn some external thing. We want to ban some external thing. We want to silence some external thing. It's like Christians in the 80s and music. You know, we want that We want that album banned. Don't sell that album. Get that song off MTV. Stop the radio. And it's like, what is the deal? Like, we want to go after everything other than where the reality is. The reality is inside of everyone. You can burn every book you can think of as a Christian you're going to tell me the people in your church are automatically going to become magically more Christian and more godly and better husbands because they burn some books? 
That's just re, that's just a ridiculous idea. The re, the problem in all of Christians is Christians themselves. The problem with us is our own sinful self. And I understand that there's some things that can feed that. I'm not denying that. Not denying that. I understand there's some things that may cause you to stumble and may cause I understand that. But we always put the emphasis on the external and not the internal reality. The issue is inside of me. That's the problem. That's always been the problem. It always will be the problem. Now, if, I, if there are things out there that I think ignite the sin in me, that co- then yes, I may have to do something with it. But I think we've got to be more focused on the internal reality instead of external, I hate to say, excuses. Now, we've got to get, now let's go to an, another step further. All right, now I know I'm going to get myself in trouble here. Oh, everything tells me not to talk about this, but that, here, here, here we go. I get really perplexed. Now, I don't know what Greg Locke's full perspective is here on some of this. I think, uh, I think we talked about it in the Discord channel. I think he even said to burn, uh, I think he said to even burn C.S. Lewis, uh, the the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. I think he even I think he even went so far to say that. I could be wrong. I'd have to go back and look at the Discord channel. Um, I think, yeah, I can't remember all the things he told him to burn, but it, it it's a lot of things here. But of course, they're going to go after Harry Potter. But let's just do this. All right, Let, let's just just stay with me here because this is important. When it comes to Christians. And their, how can we say it, concern over witchcraft, sorcery, anything dealing with the occult found in a a book of, uh, a fictitious book or a, a work of fiction. Let me put it that way. Christians have had a very weird, inconsistent, I don't even know, I don't even really know how to even process how many Christians think in regards to this, all right? And, and this is one of the reasons I get so irritated with things like C.S. Lewis and with Lord of the Rings. It's one of the times it just drives me crazy because Christians will be like, okay, Harry Potter's got to be burned. It's got to go. It's got to go. Twilight's got to burn. It's got to burn. It's got to burn. And they'll name all of these other things. And then they'll turn around and say, the Lord of the Rings is such an amazing, godly work of art. And it's like the Lord of the Rings gets shoved Oh man, it gets shoved down your throat. Anytime I tell Christians I don't like Lord of the Rings, it's like, oh, how dare, like you just blasphemed the Trinity. You just, threw, you, you reject a book that should be in the canon of scripture. And it, it makes me so furious through how ridiculous that is. It's like, well, let's go through the Lord of the Rings and there's just all kinds of stuff going on in there, right? And there are all kinds of magic and sorcery and my precious and all the other nonsense going on in the Lord of the Rings. Like, but, but somehow that's okay because it's supposedly a Christian allegory. Le- the lion, uh, they see, the, the, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. I always want to throw in the lamb in there somewhere. Uh, somewhere. But you got the word witch right there. Now, Greg Locke may have been more consistent. He may have said burn that as well. I can't remember all the things he wanted burned. Who knows? I think he probably pretty much wants everything burned um, in existence probably. Um, give me one second here. I'm closed my uh I closed the app here so I can't see if anyone's asking any questions here. Okay. So um I, I think that Christians have got to figure out how to be more consistent on this on this subject, right? So Wizard of Oz, is that acceptable? Snow White, is that acceptable? Like like what 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 is acceptable? Look, it's just this weird like for some reason, Harry Potter is like viewed the greatest threat in the history, like the greatest threat to Christianity is Harry Potter. And it's like, I think there's some more, the far more serious issues than Harry Potter. It's a fictitious, it's a work of fiction. And there's been some arguments that some would even go so far to say that Harry Potter also served as a biblical allegory, all right? Okay, good. All right, so the line, the witch in the wardrobe wasn't in the news story. Okay, I couldn't remember if it was or if it wasn't. So it would be interesting, though, if Greg Locke would say, lion, witch in the wardrobe, that's got to go. Lord of the Rings, that's got to go. 
That's got to go. Because look, the issue is anything that contains witchcraft, anything that contains sorcery, anything that has anything like that's got to go. Then you're being consistent. If you don't say that, then, uh, yeah, all Disney movies have magic in them. They got to go. I mean, like, you just got to just start throwing anything and everything out. Just burn, 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 burn. I mean, at that point, burn your television. I mean, what, what TV shows can you watch? Just burn everything. Just go live in a monastery for crying out loud. Just just lock yourself in a monastery. And like, okay, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil, do no evil. Oh, wait, it doesn't work that way, right? Because even if you don't hear it, even if you don't, even if you don't hear it, even if you're not around it, you're still going to speak it. And you're still going to do it because, well, you're evil inside of you, right? So, yeah, that it's just the way it works. It's just crazy how Christians have handled this. Now, I understand. I understand that sometimes the inconsistency comes from a good, from a a a a, a, a well-meaning attitude. All right. I I, I let, me, let me make sure. I I want you to make sure. I I, I understand that. If you're a brand new Christian, you're a young Christian and you have kids and you're told, man, this stuff, this stuff is going to, you know, turn them into demon worshipers. You've got to, you got to protect your children. You may out of a good place, out of a good place, try your best to make decisions of what your kids can, cannot read, what they can and cannot watch. And let me tell you, no parent is ever going to be consistent because it's, it's hard to be consistent. It's hard. But anytime you make any kind of rules, rules are hard to be consistent. When a church makes any kind of rule, it's, it's, it's just, there's inconsistency in rulemaking. It's just what happens. So I, I do understand people have good motives. I do people know people have good motives. It just, again, it just seems to be like so weird. Like these things are labeled evil by Christianity. So Christians just accept it. These things are considered good by Christianity and everyone just accepts it. And it's just, it's just so weird to me the way it works. It's like, if you're a Christian, you must like Lord of the Rings. You must. It's like, it's like, it's, it's how you know you're saved. And I'm like, well, I can't stand it. Despise it. Don't like it. And maybe part of the reason I don't like it is because it's always shoved down my throat that if I'm not, that if I'm a Christian, you have to, because every time, and I always hear Christians say, well, I like Lord of the Rings it has nothing to do with my Christianity. Well, isn't it just funny that you're a Christian and like Lord of the Rings, like every other Christian I know, okay? Like, like find me the Christians who don't like it. We're, we're over there. We're over there in the, and the, you know, hey, if you don't like the Lord of the Rings, you have to go out to the, to the Lord of the Rings dislike table that's out back outside of the building. You can't bring that nonsense inside of the building. It's just weird how that works. But um, the inconsistency is just, it's, it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me. And not just, just the inconsistency. It's almost the absolute fear and panic over novels, over works of fiction. It's like, Calm down. Calm down. Here's my uh, thinking on this, all right? Now, again, I've already said, if you, if you come out of a certain background and you feel you need to burn certain things or, just, or get rid of certain things because it, it will help you move forward in your spiritual life, I would never question that, never condemn that. And I, I would never do that. I would, I would just try to challenge you to make sure you realize you can burn all of that stuff just realize the biggest enemy you're going to face is inside of you, right? It's not like I burn these things and I'm set free from anything. Remember, you can burn all the books in the world. Satan is still like a roaring lion roaming about seeking whom he may devour, right? I mean, it, it, he's still there, but but okay, that's fine. I, I'm not going to condemn that. I'm not going condemn, to condemn that. Just want to make sure we put this in context that these are people who are saved from sorcery and some form of sorcery magic. And these were the books they used for that. So this is not talking about b- burning works of fiction or movies or entertain. It's not, not about any of that. that. That's, it's hard to try to connect it, those things to this, but here's, here's what I would say. Christians need to learn how to equip their children and how to equip one another and how to analyze and handle content that may not promote a spiritual Christian worldview. Our way, we tend, because it's really weird, because because Christians don't analyze 
and when I say Christians, many Christians have this mindset like, okay, I'm not going to analyze a movie. I'm not going to analyze a novel. I don't want to analyze. I don't want to analyze. I don't want to try to figure out what the meaning is. I don't want to figure out what the message is. I don't, I don't want to do that. But at the same time, the people who don't want to really learn how to analyze anything will be the same ones saying, you can't watch that. You can't watch that. You can't listen to that because that's bad. That's bad. It's got something bad in it. And, and, but do you'll be like, but the things you watch, have you considered what you've watched? Because it seems to be promoting this idea or, well, it's, it, it didn't have a bad word. It didn't have nudity. So, so it's okay. And it's like, no, maybe we should just learn to take every thought captive and realize that sometimes the, the things that we don't think are bad, that we think are godly, that maybe when you really look at it, that's got some really messed up philosophical ideas. And that's got a really a messed up message. And that, that really, I mean, they're celebrating deception completely in this. And it's like, maybe we should learn that before. We, we want to burn anything that we think is immediately bad but we don't want to learn skills and how to analyze and process things, right? Like everyone thinks Harry Potter is a book about witchcraft. Is it? I mean, I just got to ask a question. Is it? Is it really about that? Or is it about friendship, growing up, figuring out who you are, being raised in a horribly bad situation as Harry Potter was. Is it, is it more about the interpersonal relationships and growing up? Isn't it really just basically about a coming of age story that takes place in the context of, well, magic and sorcery? And in other words, that, that is secondary to what the story is really about. But all we can see is witchcraft, witchcraft, run, run, run. Oh, but Lord of the Rings is great. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, wonderful. Now, isn't it a way, it, it like, and, and again, if, you, if you're afraid that your kids are going to read Harry Potter and want to become a witch or a wizard, okay, I, I can understand your concern. But isn't it possible to say, this is a work of fiction? They're engaged in actions and activities that we would not necessarily condone as Christians because the Bible condemns witchcraft and wizardry, and it condemns those practices. And you say, well, then any book that has anything that the Bible condemns, we shouldn't read. You do realize where that's going to lead you. Any television show or book that contains a murder would be off limits because the Bible condemns murdering. Any movie or, or television show which has lying, someone telling a lie, that would be condemned because the Bible condemns lying. I mean, we could go on and on and on. Anger, bitterness. What Now you could say, well, in this case, some movies show those things as not that they show the things as bad, but I'm telling you, you can go, you can go through every movie. I can find something wrong with it from a biblical perspective. I can't, there's going to be, well, that you see what that person just said. That's not a biblical concept. And that person is the, the hero in the story that, that per, the person in the story just used deception. Well, lying is wrong. I mean, we, it would be like, you would not be able to watch or read anything. You would just be sitting at home, just reading your Bible. And I'm not saying if that's, if that's what you choose to do, more power to you. But it's just really weird. Like, okay, that, that we can't watch, this we can't. That we have to burn, that we can, we can celebrate. And it's so just all over the place. Now, listen, I understand Christians are always gonna struggle and what to do. It, the motivation is good. You wanna live the Christian life. You wanna be godly. You wanna be faithful. I celebrate that. Just saying that we got to think things through a little bit and we've got to do a better job of equipping people how to analyze what they read, how to analyze what they watch, to think about it, right? Our, our immediate, sometimes Christians' first reaction is burn it, not talk about it. Burn it, ban it, don't analyze it. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Lord of the Rings. We we don't we have murder going on? Don't we? Don't we have people being killed? I mean, don't, I mean, don't we? I mean, we have all kinds of things going on in it. Um, and and so how 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 does that? Yeah, it's just bizarre. It's bizarre how how Christians respond to some of these things. So here here let's just try to summarize everything. Acts nineteen is a historical account of people who were in sorcery becoming saved. 
and deciding to burn the books they used in the practice of sorcery, right? Therefore, it allows any Christian who becomes saved and feel like that they need to get rid of something, or in any Christian at any point in time, if you feel like there's something causing you to stumble, get rid of it. If you're causing it, causing you problems. And, and by all means, if you want to burn it, burn it. That's fine. That's perfectly okay. If you need someone to hold you accountable for burning it, if you feel like it's causing you that much trouble, then by all means, then burn it, okay? But let me make it clear that burning it doesn't usually take away the problem because the problem's inside. Now, if you're just burning it as a symbolic way of showing that you're breaking from your old way of life, okay. I, I don't, I'm not going to condemn anyone for doing, for doing that, for doing that. Just let's put it in its proper context. This is not telling me that this is like a, now a new ordinance in the church or this is what we should do. It's showing what some people did and giving us the reason for why they did it. Right? Now, for you and I, if there's things that cause us to stumble, we may have to cut them off and get rid of them. Fine. But we as Christians need to think and be consistent in what we condemn and what we allow. We need to try to figure out some kind of consistency. And most importantly, can't we just instruct Christians in how to process what they read, to think about it, to take every thought captive, to consider, you know, what... What is this trying to say? What is what is the storyline? What is the plot development? What what about that character? And it just seems like many Christians don't ever want to have it's almost like when you talk about what's the message of a movie, it's almost like <laughs> we don't I don't care about the message of the movie. But then you'll condemn other movies as being wrong. So like why wouldn't you then you do care about the message of the movies. So do you or don't you? You just don't want to work you don't want to waste your time trying to figure it out because you just want to turn off your mind for mindless entertainment. To me, that's more dangerous because now you're allowing that message to possibly influence you. Now, I'm not telling parents to run out and let their kids watch Harry Potter or Twilight. That's something you're going to have to decide to do. That's something you're going to have to figure out. I think obviously there's some things that are age appropriate, some things that are not age appropriate. But I think one of the best things you can do sometimes it's not just banning it, burning it, outlawing it, screaming at it. It's saying, okay, let's discuss it. Let's analyze it. What is this about? What is this really about? In many cases, the more you make a bigger deal out of it, the more you draw their attention to it. Sometimes by just not, now you got to, obviously you have to draw a line, but I'm saying sometimes you can be so against something that the kid's like, okay, fine. I can't do this around you. They'll, they'll just find another way to do it and you'll never know. And then when they're grown, you'll find out, oh, well, I did watch that. I did read that. And I'm like, okay, well, good thing all of my rules went into play. Now you can say, well, that puts the responsibility on the child and not on you. I understand that. I understand all of the arguments. I just think that it's just a weird look for me you know, hearing a sermon where we're going to have a book burning, we're going to have a burning service and we're going to burn things. And it just seems like, I don't know how God is being glorified. And I don't know what you're accomplishing other than to making yourself look crazy. And maybe that's what you intend to do. I just think that, that you're not accomplishing anything by that. And just all, and also the parents running around right now, it seems like in every school board meeting, I want this book removed from the library. I want, and it's like, oh man, we want everything banned. We want every, like, just how does it work in a society if everybody, if everybody wants everything just to be in agreement with them? This kind of goes back to our Joe Rogan uh, kind of discussion a little bit. Like, I, I just don't like every parent wants, I only want the books I agree with in a library. I only want the books I like to be talked about in school. It's like, so, well, then what about the other parent who they want their books that they want in the library? Like, who, who's, whose rights trump other people's rights? Like, how does that work? And I, I just, I just think that we, we were, we, I think we just have this really weird view of, of our spiritual lives. Like, you know, man, here's this book over here. Like I'm, I'm, I've got a book here. It's not Harry Potter, but let's say this is a Harry Potter book. Just weird to me that you would perceive the Harry Potter book as a grave threat to one's spirituality. Like of all the problems we have within Christianity, 
Is Harry Potter even in the top 10? Is it, is it Twilight books that are causing church splits and marriages to fall apart and Christians to be apathetic and not spiritual? Is, is it really, is it those things? Like we, now, in, in, in Greg Locke's mind, his church is obviously in a massive amount of trouble. I mean, if you listen to the sermon, obviously he's got, he's got to free his people. His people are in bondage to sin that, that he says there's a ceiling that, or a lid is the word he used, that your church, there's a lid and your church just cannot grow. You can't grow in your spiritual life, your marriage, your family, everything. And he feels like he's got to free all of his people because obviously everyone in his church are big readers of Twilight and, and Harry Potter, and that's causing them all the problems. Now, he says it could be other things. Uh, he doesn't, I don't, he, he probably mentioned some other things, but he really goes after Harry Potter and Twilight and some other things. But um, I just, I just don't know if that's really the the downfall of Christianity. I, I really just, maybe my view of spirituality is different than that. I, I know when I was a young Christian, I, you know, I was so ingrained in my brain that what determined my spirituality is what music I listened to, what movies I watched. That, that's what, how my spirituality was determined by movies, music, and, and I really, it was ingrained into my brain and it took a while to realize my spirituality goes, I mean, goes way beyond that. I mean, I, I can, I can, I can watch the right thing and read the right things and, and, and listen to the right things and still be 900 spiritual problems inside of me. Now, obviously, if I'm watching something, listening to something, and it's contributing to my spiritual problems, by all means, I need to be honest with that. And then I may need to have to cut that off. I may have to get rid of it. There, there's no question about that. It's just a, a bizarre situation. But Acts 19, if you needed to know, that's the biblical justification everyone uses. I have a hard time using Acts 19 in the way that they use it. I do think it uh, it does demonstrate a biblical example of one one time. <laughs> I think I, maybe it's the only time in the Bible. I could be wrong. But uh, I, I know in Acts, in Acts 19 is the passage everyone runs to. And okay, if you need to get rid of some things, get rid of them. Well, no one's going to condemn you for that. No one should condemn you for that. No one should in any way, shape, or form. I just think you want to do it in a way where you're, is it, here's, here's my, I'll end with this. When you're going to burn things, you're going to burn books, whatever. Is the real goal to help you spiritually, to protect you spiritually, or is the real goal to make a public spectacle? If you say, well, the, the goal is to be a witness to everyone. I, I think the burning of the books would, would be more about you getting rid of that which could cause you to stumble. So therefore, you don't need to make a public spectacle out of it. You don't need to make a public spectacle. I just know that in the, I, here, I'll just state it this way. In the 1980s, when I saw these churches burning albums, I can tell you this. It didn't make me think about becoming a Christian. It made me think that these people are Nazis and they're, and I don't know what in the world they're doing, but it frightened me. I didn't see it as a good thing. I didn't see it as a godly thing. I didn't understand. I mean, well, how can you expect the world to understand? Oh, Acts 19, that's what they're doing. You, you got to at least take it into consideration how it can be. Like, you, if, you, if those things are causing you to stumble, the burning of them should not be something done that causes other people to stumble. You can't be getting rid of what causes you to stumble in such a way that causes other people to stumble. Don't put a stumbling block in the, face, in, in the place of other people. As a young person, I mean, it's only by God. I mean, I've all, I mean, that's one of the reasons I believe salvation is a work of God. It's not a work of man. Because everything that I encountered from Christians led me away from Christianity. But God still saved me. So God saved me in spite of what all the Christians did because all the Christians made me go, these people are insane. These people are frightening. These people are out of their minds. They're insane. I didn't want anything to do with any. I thought they were all crazy, but God still saved me because, well, that's the work of God. God, God does the saving. But I think as Christians, we have a responsibility. What, what are we showing the world? I mean, none of the news articles are like, man, see those good works those Christians are doing. Praise, they're like, these people are Nazis. These people are burning books. What, what, is, what is going on? They're insane. That's what's happening. Now, you could say, 
Who cares what the world thinks? But on one hand, don't we care what the world thinks? At least to some level, right? On some level, we, we can't care what they think. But in another way, we don't want to do something unnecessarily causing them to stumble and to confuse them. We got to find a balance there. Like there's sometimes we say we can't care what the world thinks. And there's other times we're like, well, okay. I mean, if everyone in that church of Greg Locke's church is really that bound by Satan and they needed to get rid of some stuff, you could have done it in a, a, you know, a quiet way. I just, it would be interesting to know where all those books come from. I I would just love to know. I would love to know because there has been clear, clear times where Christians have burned things and it, and it was clearly shown. I can't, I I can't give you a percentage, but in some cases, literally (laughs) people would show up at some of these burnings that have happened in the past and they had bought the thing so they could burn it. And I'm like, I don't think that's the way that's supposed to work. So it, it would just be like, who knows? Maybe now that Greg Locke's church has burned all of their occult stuff, maybe now that they can all be godly. Maybe they can all be godly now. But I bet you after burning all the books, I bet you they become no more godly than the church down the street. Because the, it's not the books, it's the heart. All right, I'll stop right there. I know that's not going to make me very popular, but that's okay. You can email me at newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Yeah, some some controversial subjects today, but uh, we got to think about them biblically, at least to some level, all right? And, and, And please don't get all mad and like, well, no, I think we should burn things. Well, then you go burn them, okay? Now, I'm not telling you not to. Just... Just make sure that you're careful how you apply Acts 19 because that's very specific what they burned. If you got books, I will say this. If you got books out there that has sorcery incantations on spells telling you how to cast those spells and you used to practice that form of sorcery or, or witchcraft or whatever the case it may be and you now have become a Christian and you need to get away from that, no one's going, no one's going to say don't burn it. If you need to get rid of anything else, fine. If you need to burn it, then fine. Do it. If that's what you need to do, that's fine. Praise God. Whatever will help you grow spiritually. But just be honest with yourself after you burn it, if anything dramatically changes inside of you. I, I, don't, I don't think it will. I don't think it will. I, I, I just... There's got to be something that changes inside of you, right? It's got to be something that changes inside of you. And an alcoholic can get rid of all the alcohol in their house. They can pour it down the drain. They can flush it. They can get rid of it. Guess what? There's alcohol all around them. You know how easy it is to get alcohol? They, get, they go to a restaurant. They go to a sporting event. They go to a, they go to, it's, it's around them everywhere. So just getting rid of it in the house may give them a temporary relief, but if they need it and want it bad enough, they can get it. So that for an alcoholic, they got to get beyond just getting rid of the initial availability of it because they're going to be around it their whole life. They have to get themselves to a place where there's a, ch- a change inside of them that they can live in a culture where alcohol is everywhere or they'll never have any freedom. If the change doesn't happen within, they can't burn all the alcohol. They can't smash all of the alcohol. They can't pour all of the alcohol out. In your Christian life, you can burn whatever or whatever is causing you the problem, but if there's not a change inside of you, most likely whatever you get rid of, it's still all around you. It's still available everywhere. It's, it's still everywhere. So you, for example, look, so, I mean, think about a lot. So you get rid of a Harry Potter book out of your house. What if you have a Kindle? You can down, re, you can download the, kin, the uh, Harry Potter book in just 2.6 seconds. Do you have to get rid of your Kindle? Cause you have access to it. Just go to the Kindle store and per, download the book. Do you, do you stay away from your public library? Because it's, it's, what what about if you have let's see where is the Harry Potter movies currently? I think they're on HBO Max. I don't know which streaming service, but let's just say they're on Netflix. Do you get rid of Netflix because the, those movies are on there? I mean, like 
even if you get them out of your house, the access to them are still very much available in your house. So like, how far do you take it? I, I mean, these are just questions you have to ask yourself. Um, and we'll stop there. All right. You can email me newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Ah, man, these are the kind of topics I just, there, there's no upside in talking about them, like the Joe Rogan thing or this. There really isn't an upside. Um, so sometimes I regret, like when I spend two hours talking about these things, sometimes I regret talking about them. And the reason I say there's no upside, I'm going to tick off more people with these two broadcasts about Joe Rogan and and Greg Locke burning books. I'm going to tick off more people than I'm going to help. And um, and it's just, it's frustrating, but I I feel sometimes the need, I got to try to put out a biblical, balanced, somewhat thoughtful perspective on all of this. But hopefully, hopefully people won't get too upset with me. And uh, they'll they'll hear what I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to get you to think about it carefully and logically. I'm, tr- I'm trying to get you to understand. Uh, I think I think the way to really view your spiritual life. So I don't know. I'll stop right there. Everyone have a great day. God bless.